Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Through the miracle of Internet radio, the Never Say Impossible show offers a unique opportunity for the sharing of information and a unique opportunity to tell the world your story about your accomplishments, your passions, your products, and how you can be contacted. The show is designed to introduce you to new people who will inspire, motivate, and inform you of innovative ways to breathe new life into your goals and dreams. At NSI, anything is possible until you say it's not. Never Say Impossible Radio. I'm Myra. At NSI Radio, we make it our business to share success stories and focus on guests that can entertain and enlighten you in some way. We want to inspire and motivate you to be the very best you can be. Our topic today is the Peggy Adams Animal Rescue League, and the importance of pet ownership. Our guest is Kim Hansen, who is the Major Gifts Land Giving Officer for Peggy Adams Animal Rescue League. Now, let me ask you something. Do you have any idea how many dogs are in the United States? I am talking about domesticated dogs. The answer is 70 to 80 million. How about cats? Take a guess at how many cats there are in the U.S. The estimated number is 74 to 96 million. That's approximately 37 to 47% of all households. Those numbers are estimated. Since we are so fond of our domesticated animals, then it stands to reason that animal shelters that do wonderful work to save the lives of lost and sick animals should be celebrated. We have a fabulous show today all about an amazing facility that is doing incredible work, not only to save animals, but to place them in loving, caring homes. Our guest, Kim Hansen, is a dynamic, positive woman who has her entire heart in the work she's doing. She's going to tell us all about Peggy Adams Animal Rescue League and this amazing program. It blew my mind when I visited the facility. Kim is responsible for programs working with leadership, 
gifts and legacy gifts to this 90-year-old animal rescue agency and, might I say, a standard for every agency in the U.S. Peggy Adams Animal Rescue League is a limited admission humane society that provides services to over 30,000 cats, dogs, puppies, and kittens each year. Peggy Adams' vision is to create a community where 100% of the adoptable animals find loving homes and no animal will be euthanized because of pet overpopulation. Well, I could go on and on, but I think I'd rather just introduce you to Kim because she's the expert. Welcome, Kim. Well, thank you, Myra. It's wonderful to be here this morning. Thank you. You know, when you explained to me how old this facility was, I was amazed. So I'd like you to tell the audience about a little bit about the history. Well, the history is astounding. Um, really, the issue of pet overpopulation and, and pets being left behind goes back 90 years here in Palm Beach County when a group of women in 1925 realized how many animals were being left behind uh, when people would return north after the season. And they became very concerned about it. And the first um, piece of property that the, the town gave them was behind the old town incinerator in West Palm Beach. And for about a year, they made crates out of old orange crates and, and driftwood and rescued the animals that they found that were left stray. Then, uh, very fortunately, they were given a large piece of property out on the old fairgrounds, which is now the airport in Palm Beach. Uh, and they were there for really 1927 until the mid-40s. Uh, they had problems with hurricanes knocking down the, the shelter during the 1928 storm. They rebuilt it. And then in the 40s, when the war effort began, the government needed the facility for um, creating the airport. And so they were given property over on Tamarind Avenue. And there's some wonderful stories about in the old days before we had all the flea and tick prevention medicines that we have today, people driving by the Peggy Adams facility on Tamarind where there was a huge bath out in the front yard and they could dip their animals in the flea and tick preventive um, uh, medicines that were out there at the time. Then in 1980, we received a wonderful bequest from a local artist, Jesse Chardin-Stewart, who uh, worked both here in Palm Beach and up in New York. And with that bequest, we were able to purchase property where we are today, 12 beautiful acres out at Military, just north of Okeechobee. And uh, Catherine MacArthur then came along a couple of years later and gave us a tremendous donation with which we were able to build our domes. We're very well known because we have these two big domes uh, that uh, house our, our uh, intake and our, our quarantine areas. They were built as a state-of-the-art facility back in the 1980s, um, and they're built to withstand a Category 5 hurricane, which they have certainly done. Uh, they are still right here and serving us well. And then five years ago, with a wonderful gift from uh, the Robert and Jane Grace family, we were able to build a veterinary hospital and uh, Adoption Center, which, again, was a state-of-the-art facility. Myra, you were here just a few weeks ago, and you know what a phenomenal um, 
operation that it allows us to operate here. We have three surgical suites that are in use all day long uh, where we spay and neuter uh, both community cats and people's pets at low cost. Um, We have a beautiful adoption center for our cats and dogs where it's clean, it's open. Uh, There are over 400 volunteers here offering the animals care and um, exercise and love and attention until we can find them forever homes. So we've had a a long trajectory, and uh, we're very blessed to have a wonderful facility and hope anybody who's interested will come see us and meet our wonderful animals. Oh, I wanted to go home with 10 animals. (laughs) It happens, doesn't it? (laughs) I said to my husband, I saw this kitten. And, you know, at this point, we didn't want to adopt any more animals. We always have all our lives. And he's a little bit of being a hard nut because I have to tell you, I think back at the first animals that we adopted. We were just married, and I had an infant. I had two infants. To tell you the truth, I had one little toddler and an infant, and uh, we adopted two kittens. And we had just bought our first house in the country. We were from New York. And we didn't know anything about taking, even though I had had kittens and different animals growing mm-hmm. up, I, had, I didn't know how to take care of an animal that would be both inside and outside. That's what we thought. Big mistake. Oops. Because, <laughs> yes. Because this was before all the flea and tick, um, you know, medicine that you just mentioned. And I started getting, now, of course, it was in the 70s, I'm starting to get, maybe late 60s, I'm starting to get big bites all over my legs. We had carpeting, like everybody did at that time, and I had no idea what it was. I said, we live in the country, I didn't know mosquitoes are this big and could cause this much damage to your, to your body. All over my body covered with bites. Oh, golly. Well, you know, it's wonderful that they've developed these preventives now, and the preventives are much more uh, safe for the animals as well as for the people. And one thing that uh, people may not be aware of is that through our vaccine clinic program here, we are able to offer the flea and tick prevention medications at a reduced rate. Yes. If if that's an issue, it's something that we really want to promote because, you know, these these uh, parasites that come from these uh, bites for the animals can give them heartworm disease, which is a dreadful thing. And so it's terribly important, especially here in Florida, where we have no cold weather to give us any breather from the, from the bugs, uh, to be responsible pet owners and, and make sure your animals are treated. Wow. I, you know, it, it's amazing because that was a big deal for us. We had to take the animals and house them and then have the house fumigated and all kinds of nonsense until it was safe for everybody to be back in the house because we were so infested with fleas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's funny when I think about it about mm-hmm. it now, but we continued to have animals through our entire marriage until we moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. And since we've been here, we just haven't had another animal. You know, one of the things I loved was um, when you and I were talking about doing this show, 
um, the name of your program, Never Say Impossible, was just such a perfect fit for Peggy Adams because we have 90 staff members and over 400 volunteers who say it is totally possible for every animal to have a loving home. And the creativity they show and, and the uh, dedication they show and the compassion they show um, makes you realize uh, that it really is possible for us to give uh, animals the kinds of homes they, they deserve. Well, I'd like to say to the audience, if you're sitting on the fence about bringing home an animal, go and visit Peggy Adams, and you will come home with a pet. You will be <laughs> in love. You will see these beautiful animals that look at you with these big eyes, and it's, you almost hear them saying, are you going to be my home, and it's a very hard thing to resist. So if you're thinking this would be great for my family or you're lonely or you have children who are begging for a pet, go visit and see what's there and who's there and how they can help you choose perfect pets for you, whether it's a cat or a dog. Now, tell me something. Your facility is almost all run by volunteers. How would somebody get involved who wants to give the services? Well, if, if you go on our website, which is www.peggyadams.org, um, you'll see a, an area strictly for volunteers, and there's an online sign-up sheet right there, and you fill it out, and um, you will be invited to come to a, a volunteer uh, open house where our volunteer coordinator will explain our programs, will explain how our volunteer program operates, the requirements we have of you as a volunteer, and what we can offer you as a volunteer. And if after that open house you decide that you want to proceed, uh, you have an interview with our volunteer coordinator to really try to match your skills and interests with the needs here at the shelter. And we have volunteers doing everything from telephone call receipts uh, on up to walking the animals, on up to taking them to special adoption events. They're involved in absolutely every aspect of, of what we do. You are a 501c3, correct? Yes, we are. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And we receive uh, our support comes strictly from, um, from financial contributions from the public and from uh, some very low fees for services. Uh, we're not a government-supported agency. It is amazing. Now, you mentioned the call center. What if someone is not local but wants to know how they go about finding maybe a partner of yours in another state or another agency that, that is an animal shelter that is some way similar to what you do? Well, um, our call center uh, receives over 40,000 calls a year, and they can connect you with just about any uh, information or any place that you might wish. Um, the number there is 686-3663, and uh, we have a phenomenally uh, dedicated staff of people in there, both uh, staff and volunteer, who have been doing this kind of research for years, and uh, they can help you with just about any question animal-related you might have. They describe themselves sometimes as a 211 for animals. So if you have a question, uh, please do call, and they will do everything they can to assist you. 
Now, if you suspect that you are witnessing animal abuse by someone in your community, something you've noticed, are you the place to call or where would a person go? The best place to call would be the animal care and control offices, uh, the county control office um, over on Belvedere Road. Mm-hmm. And they they have the officers who can can assist with a situation like that. Now, when I was with you on this wonderful visit to your facility, you told me some amazing stories of animals that were near death. They were so ill and out there alone that were rescued by your organization and now have wonderful homes. Do you want to share a story with us? I'd, I'd love to share a couple of stories. Um, the one I believe that we spoke about that morning was Kingsley. It, it was a relatively new um, situation that we, we ran into in August. Um, the animal care and control people whom I just mentioned found this poor dog. The neighbors had called about it. He was tied to a tree by one paw and the tree branch was about 15 feet over his head, so his little paw was up in the air with wire. And he'd been left there abandoned um, in a locked yard. Nobody was uh, living at the home any longer. And he was starving. He was covered with mange and fleas and ticks and in great pain from uh, the paw, which had become very swollen and and, um, uh, was superating at the time. So the animal care and control people brought him to us because they know we have this special fund, Olivia's Fund, uh, that we can use to uh, help restore animals to health who've been victims of abuse and neglect. And this little paw, I can't describe it, um, it was four or five times its, its natural size, and it was infected, and it was just horrifying, and we were afraid he was going to lose it. Uh, thankfully, we have some very talented vets in the area, and there's one who specializes in laser restoration of circulation. And this little dog, whose name is Kingsley, uh, went through four or five laser treatments. The paw has been restored to full health. He will not lose it. Uh, the amazing thing about this little dog is that in spite of this abandonment, mistreatment, and pain, he is still so full of life and so loving and so sweet. He's got the nicest temperament you've ever seen. And we wanted him to, to find a loving home that he really deserved. And most wonderfully of all, since you were here, Myra, he's been adopted into <sighs> a great family that's going to take great care of him and give him the life that he should have had from the beginning. I love it. You know what amazed me also, that you have foster people who take in the animals until they can be adopted and they wear a sign? Can you explain that? Yes. um, The foster volunteers um, are the reason we can do what we do. Um, Right now, as of this morning, we have 351 animals in foster care. There are several levels of foster care. When we have little kittens or puppies that are too young for their spay and neuter surgery, we have a whole team of almost neonatal specialist volunteers who take these young, young animals in. Some of them actually still need to be fed by bottle. And they keep these animals uh, healthy and comfortable until they're ready for their spay and neuter surgery. And once they've had that surgery, they can move to our adoption center and find a forever home. We then have... Uh, at the other end of the spectrum are hospice volunteers, which are foster hospice volunteers. We may have dogs that are very old or who are sick but still have a lot of life in them, 
and uh, can enjoy their lives, but they would be very difficult animals to adopt out, either because of age or uh, some of the conditions they may have. So we will fund their food and their medical care, and our FOSTAS volunteers give them a home until they um, pass along naturally. And that's been a tremendously uh, exciting program. I told you I think about Sasha, who's one of our FOSPAS dogs, and this is another great story. Poor old Sasha, English bulldog, 10 years old, a mass on his lip, uh, ingrown eyelids, horrible arthritis. This poor animal was, was really suffering, and the owners could no longer afford its care, and so they turned it into animal care and control. And we have a, a very good cooperative relationship with ACNC where we try to take some of the animals that are still very full of life, but that would, because of their situation with, with, um, with crowding and so on, would, ne- would be at risk there. So they called us about Sasha. They said it was just a great dog, but they were worried about uh, her being there. We brought her over here. We were able to fix her eyes. We were able to uh, give her some relief from the, the joint pain. She would roll over on her back and play with us, and she was just a delightful dog. We put her in our phosphorus program, and within two weeks, a family found her. And Sasha is now a snowbird, where she lives in Florida during the winter, and in the summer, she's up on a yacht in Newport, Rhode Island. And so this little animal who was on um, the uh, euthanasia list at the county shelter is now living a phenomenal life, is happy, is healthy, and her family adore her. And it's a win-win both ways. Wow. And I'd like to emphasize the fact that you do not euthanize animals. So unless they're so sick, they have to... Only two situations where, um, where we might be called upon to do something like this, and we take it very seriously and don't do it lightly. One is if the animal is very, very sick in great pain and cannot be restored to, to a healthy, comfortable life. And the other is if the animal is very aggressive and might pose a danger because we would not be able to adopt out an animal who could hurt somebody. But other than that, our animals are with us until they find a forever home. Um, We have a wonderful story just recently about a a cat who was with us for 800 days. And uh, the cat found its forever home and is happy as it can be. But during those 800 days, it was cared for. It was uh, comfortable and it had other cats to play with, and now it's in a family, and both the family and the kitty are thriving. Wow, I love it. This is so inspirational. And as a people that adore pets, it gives life to many people who are living alone, older, need a companion. It can save our lives. So yes, it's absolutely wonderful. We're going to take a very, very short break and we'll be right back. I've lots more to ask you. So don't go away. (laughs) Okay. Sign up today for my weekly radio show announcements and guest information and receive a free chapter of my newest book, Dancing on Your Disabilities, Never Say Impossible to Your Dreams, My Story of Perseverance, Passion, Hope, and Happiness. Dreams do come true despite adversity. If I can do it, you can do it too. And here we are again. This is Never Say Impossible Radio, and we're speaking to Kim Hansen, who is the spokesperson in the major gifts 
officer for Peggy Adams Animal Rescue League right here in Palm Beach County. And she has some great events that are coming up very soon. In fact, there are always great events. Do you want to share some of that with our audience? I would love to. Um, on um, Sunday through Saturday, October 11 to 21, so we're actually in that time right now, we have fee-waived adoptions here at the shelter. So uh, this is an Adopt-a-Shelter Dog Month in, in uh, the area. And so if you come to our shelter between now and the 21st of October, there is no fee for your adoption. Um, there is a small $20 uh, fee that you need to pay for your rabies tags, but um, we, we really hope that uh, people who've been sort of on the fence about it and not sure if they want to do it, come on in and find your animal and there will be no charge to you. Then on October 17th, over at um, City Place, we are having precious pet photos. And you can take a selfie with our pets. Uh, our guest host is the radio personality, Jennifer Ross. And you'll also get a $25 City Place gift card if you adopt an animal at that event. Our pet mobile will be there. And it's a great place to come see the cats and dogs um, that are available for adoption. You can also see all of the cats and dogs that are available for adoption on our website. Again, that's www.peggyadams.org. Um, and then on October 24th, if you have a pet, we are having a beautiful blessing of the animals here at our shelter facility in our memorial garden. We have a beautiful memorial garden and columbarium for pets. And Father Frank and Rabbi Frank, the uh, television duo, will be here blessing the animals and uh, having a, a time where you can really cherish the, the pet in your life. Um, I also wanted to mention that the first Friday of every month, the Centown Dog Wash Company comes to Peggy Adams from 1 to 5 p.m. And for a very low fee, for um, I believe it's $35, you get a dog wash, a nail trim, a teeth brushing, and an ear cleaning. So please come up to our facility at 3100 North Military Trail in West Palm Beach every first Friday of the month from 1 to 5 for a dog wash. And... Uh, I also wanted to mention on December 1st, it seems like that's a long way away, but it really is only about a month and a half, we're going to have um, photos with Santa at the outlets in Palm Beach. So from 6 to 8 p.m. on December 1st, if you want to have a photo with your pet with Santa, come to the Palm Beach outlets and uh, join our, um, our Christmas and holiday celebration then. That sounds so fantastic because pets are really family members. And they're so important. I was thinking while I was with you about service animals. Do you ever get, let's say, puppies that have been abandoned that are able to be trained to be service animals? Well, I, I think you remember, Myra, from um, your visit. We had a, a dog who actually ended up being adopted by a family who had an autistic child. And that animal is now his service dog, and they are doing wonderfully together. Um, and the dog is thrilled because he now has a purpose, and the family is thrilled because he's doing very well in that role. Um, you had mentioned the finding the right match between a cat or a dog and your family, and this is one way in which this particular match was made. We have a Meet Your Match program that we um, adopted from some of the work done by the ASPCA, 
And it's a wonderful way of learning the personalities of different kinds of pets um, and then matching them with the personalities of your family. When you come to adopt, you'll spend a good half an hour to an hour with an adoption counselor here where they really find out what your family is like, what you're looking for. And then we have, um, I I call them the purple, the orange, and the green animals. Um, Purple animals tend to be very laid back, very quiet, kind of, um, just kind of chill. Orange animals tend to be kind of sprightly, lively animals that are just sort of run-of-the-mill happy. And then the green animals tend to be high energy, high dynamism. They're with a very active family. And if you're a purple family and you adopt a green animal, it's not going to work really well. But if you're an orange family and you adopt an orange family, it's a perfect fit and vice versa. So uh, we really do a lot of work with you before you adopt to make sure that adoption is a happy one for both you and the pet. I'd like to go back to the serpent animal again for a quick, quick question. Did they have to take that animal for special training? Yes, to, to be a full-service dog, you do need some special training, and we can link you up with people who can help you with that. I know, because there's been a lot of publicity about people who take their animals everywhere, and the animal is, and they buy the fake service animal collars or bibs almost. That, right, I, and I that know. does a tremendous disservice to the people who truly need a service animal and uh, to the animals themselves uh, because if that um, service process becomes um, suspect, then it, it harms everybody who is truly in need. Um, so we, we really hope that people will, will take that seriously, and we'd be happy to connect you with people who can really do uh, good service dog training. I hope so also. Now, I have a question. What do you perceive as the biggest issue facing our domestic animals today as we move from 2015 into 2016? I mean, do you see an issue arising or do you feel that it's really getting better we're getting a grip on all of these homeless animals and you mentioned something that i didn't realize or possibly i read it on the website that cats in areas such as this in warm climates can have litter after litter after litter Exactly. And um, if there is any issue with which Palm Beach County is struggling, but I will mention it is struggling effectively, and I want to talk about that as well, but the issue is the the community cats. Uh, We right now have probably 220,000 or more uh, free-roaming cats in the county. And it's a, a huge issue for many, many communities who are concerned about them, both the people who don't want them there, but also the people who are caring for them. And the county just in June, on June 23rd, which is actually our 90th anniversary, which is kind of a nice um, uh, coincidence, um, passed a new ordinance where the trap, neuter, vaccinate, and return program is now allowed. And so uh, we have a number of teams of volunteers throughout the county who humanely trap the, the community cats. They bring them to us for spaying or neutering. Uh, while they're here, they are given a full health check. They're vaccinated against disease, um, and then they are um, returned to their community. Research has found, and it's maybe um, not something that, that 
you would think would work this way, but if you remove a community cat colony from an area, it really doesn't eliminate the problem because it creates a vacuum and more cats will come in. Whereas if you have an established colony, cats tend to be fairly territorial and they will keep their colony solid, but if those animals have been fixed, that colony will die out of natural attrition and it will eventually go away. You can never remove them enough times to keep them gone. So the, the most effective process that the research has shown over many, many years is to trap, neuter, vaccinate, and return the animals to their little home area and let nature take its course. Um, you can tell a cat, a uh, community cat who has been fixed, because we tip the, the left ear a little bit, so the, the left ear is squared off. So if you see an animal with a little tipped ear, then you know he is not going to be reproducing. And that's probably the biggest issue in our county right now is the spaying and neutering of animals. Um, it, if, if we follow the county ordinance, which is that all pets must be spayed and neutered, and we do offer very low-cost spay and neutering services here at Peggy Adams, then the problem of pet overpopulation would really resolve itself. And so to be a responsible pet owner, to have your animal fixed, it's also healthier for the animal. Uh, they don't get into fights. They don't develop certain cancers. Uh, so it's, it's just a really important thing to take very, very seriously. And uh, the good news is uh, we have been funded by um, a number of foundations to go into certain zip codes uh, that are very high density of um, of community cats and where a lot of the intake to the county shelter is coming from. And we have been able to work with the families who live in those areas to spay and neuter their pets and also to spay and neuter the community cats living there. And the county shelter has actually seen over the last two and a half years that we've been doing this a 17% reduction in intake. That's mm -hmm. large in a very short period of time. Wow. Um, so we're, we're extremely um, grateful for the support that allowed us to do this, and we're extremely encouraged by the results. Um, Peggy Adams is actually the lead private agency in a county coalition that was headed up by uh, Animal Care and Control, Peggy Adams, and the county government. But there are over 30 animal rescue groups in the county working with us in a program called Countdown to Zero. And our goal is to end... Um, the uh, homeless animals by 2016. We want uh, to have the entire county be what they call a no-kill county, which means at least a 90% live release rate from every shelter, including the county shelter, uh, by 2016. We just had our big Countdown to Zero event in September where we adopted out almost 300 animals, and um, we hope to continue having this event every year. But most importantly is the behind-the-scenes coordination among all the different shelters and rescue groups to find creative ways that we can work together to find homes for these animals. We just entered into a wonderful partnership with Darbster Companies where they are helping us to transport kittens of which we have so many here in Palm Beach County because, as you mentioned, of our warm weather, up to New Hampshire where they actually have a shortage of kittens. Who would, have think, who would think it? But they are looking for kittens up there. So we are able to take these little lives here that seem to be just so many and take them to an area that desperately wants them. And so there are families up in New Hampshire that have our Palm Beach kittens, and they are so happy. So we are grateful to, to Darbster Companies for um, helping support that effort. That is an amazing thing. And you just, I think you just answered something that I was about to ask you. 
If you are not a Palm Beach County resident, but you're maybe Port St. Lucie, Miami-Dade, or Broward, and they come to you, can they still adopt, or is this strictly Palm Beach County? Oh, no, no, no. Um, We serve animals from Palm Beach County only because there are wonderful shelters in all the other counties as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But anybody from any location can certainly come here and adopt an animal from us. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Now, also, I have to tell you that there is a huge community of cats at the Wellington Mall, and they live amongst the uh, raccoons. And it's really funny to see at a certain point in the evening, they all come out, and people come and feed them. The raccoons they actually live amongst the raccoons. I would have thought that there would be conflict of some kind, but there doesn't appear to be. Are you aware of that? Uh, I'm not personally, but uh, I could certainly find out about that and, and get back to you and give you an update at a later time. Yeah, I, you know, I watch the people come and feed the cats, and it's a certain time I get dust. And uh, the the raccoons come and eat also. So I think to myself, now, this is strange. (laughs) But uh, to me, it was strange. But it may not be. Maybe they are very comfortable living amongst each other. So, and, And then I think, well, raccoons, rabies, cats. That's why it's so important for these animals to have their rabies vaccines. And then... That trap, neuter, vaccinate, re- return program, vaccinate is a big part of it. Mm. Uh, and it's something to be taken very seriously. Yeah, it, it definitely is. This is such an inspiring show with the work that you're doing to help these animals and to help us as a species be more caring, more loving, and more aware of what's going on out there and the work that's being done because awareness to me is the key to almost everything. If you're living your life and completely oblivious to the suffering of these animals, then you are just closing your eyes to what could be done and how you can help. And even the smallest donation helps because you are always looking for ways to raise money so that you can do the work you do and help these animals and help these families. Exactly. So, if, yeah, if you're looking for a great cause, this is a great cause. And it is a great cause. And, and let me just mention, Myra, in that light, um, we have the highest rating possible from the Charity Navigator um, uh, Evaluation Group. And we're a top-rated nonprofit from a group called Great Nonprofits. Um, Eighty-six cents of every dollar contributed goes directly to the animals, and then um, the the folks who run the the programs um, are just astounding. Here, I've I've never seen a more dedicated and inspiring group of people. So I think it's it's something just to mention to people that um, this this is a very well managed and, and extremely compassionate place. There are a couple of programs we didn't mention. I'd love to mention very quickly for families. One of our goals, of course, is to keep pets and families together. And sometimes there are some challenges that come up to that. 
One of them can be the behavior of the animal itself. And over a 1,000 people attended our behavior training classes last year. We have free behavior training programs here. So if you're having an issue with your dog, um, if you need some assistance on how to, to um, calm him from jumping, let's say that's a problem, or if he's chewing or uh, needs obedience training, please call us because we can help. Um, the other thing to mention is we have a program called Peggy's Pantry. Uh, sometimes families hit uh, difficult times and can't afford to feed their pets. We have a food bank here, so if you hit a temporary uh, bump in the road and you need some support, please come to us and let us see if we can't help you. Oh, that, that is absolutely terrific. You know, you, you talking about stories. My daughter, who doesn't happen to live in Florida, she happens to live in Long Island, but they're big box people and I think this is the third boxer they've had and it's a show dog an absolutely gorgeous dog and she posted a picture that made me laugh till I cried she was downstairs she she's a sales rep and uh, she was working from her home office and she was downstairs and this dog is only a year old and she heard some very strange noises, so talking about behavior. And she came upstairs, and she sees this dog looking extremely guilty. Mm-mm. We had taken a pillow from one of the beds, one of her teenage children's beds, and torn it apart. And he, oh. he knew that he was wrong. I mean, the picture is worth a thousand uh, words. He even mm-hmm. had part of the stuffing on his eyelashes. Oh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> cute. But she has, she does have a behavior problem, and she has had this very rambunctious, very feisty, full of testosterone dog um, trained. And she still has behavior problems. Is that because... He needs to be fixed. Um, If he's not been fixed, it might be because that certainly calms a male animal down a bit. Um, the, The other thing is it's very interesting. Animals can get bored very easily, especially when they're bright. Um, and so one of the things our behavior team does here brilliantly is um, providing ideas for how you can enrich your animal's life so he doesn't get bored and destroy your home. Um, and that's something that uh, it's, it's, again, sometimes a little counterintuitive, um, but there are ways that you can work with your pet, even if it's like hiding his food in different places so he has to go find it, um, or providing uh, the kind of toys that will distract him from, from your furniture, um, there are certain ways uh, that you can make sure that your animal is uh, having the kind of environment that makes him a positive beast. Uh, because animals, animals want to please us as much as we want them to have good homes. And so we just need to make sure that we learn how to speak animals sometimes, and our behavior team can help with that. Yeah, it, it's a difficult problem because we love our animals and we spoil them. And on the same Side, we want them to behave. So sometimes we give them mixed messages. Sometimes we laugh. It's the same thing that we do with our children. 
We laugh when they do something funny, even though it might be naughty. And the next time they do it, we're angry. So, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's not an easy thing. When well, a lot of the, the behavior training, of course, is training us, not just the animal. Um, and it was very interesting. I have a pet that I just adopted from Peggy Adams myself. He's a beautiful young little lab, um, but he's full of energy. And I was trying to get him to sit, and so I kept saying, sit down, sit down. And the trainer said to me when I was working on, on this, she said, you know, you're giving him two commands at once. Well, I'm from the South. Sit down is what you say. Um, and it never dawned on me. Of course, the poor animal's confused. So now I either use sit or down, depending on what I want him to do. It's a very simple little thing, but you don't even sometimes hear yourself when you're interacting with your animals. So the, the training's wonderful because it makes you much more aware and much more on top of things. So down would be to lay down. To lay down. So how uh, old was he when you adopted him? He was a year and a half. Okay, so he already was in a situation where possibly he didn't receive the right training. No question. And, okay. uh, and I cannot tell you the difference that working with the behavior team here has made for us because he's a big dog. He's, I, I weigh 90 pounds. He weighs 75. So we're, <laughs> we're definitely a team. And um, I was a little nervous about whether or not if he got really excited about something, I, he'd pull me over or whatever. It's not an issue anymore. Do you watch the ability of the person who has the dog, I mean, who adopts it? For example, I often worry that if I had a large animal, would I be able, because I am mobility challenged. Mm-hmm. So I say to myself, well, I could certainly take the dog for a run or a park to the park or all of that because I have a mobility device and I can fly through through a, a park with the dog and give him the exercise and whatnot. But I worry about if the dog wasn't well and I needed to get it to the vet. Would you then say possibly you're not the right fit for a large animal like a lab, you need a, a smaller animal. Well, every case is different, and, and that's one reason we spend so much time with people when they come in to adopt, um, because we really do want to make sure it's good for the pet and good for the family. Um, and so it would have to be evaluated on a case-by-case basis, but um, we do spend a, a good amount of time making sure that you can care for the animal and the animal can care for you. It, it is a wonderful, wonderful facility, and you are an absolutely fabulous spokesperson. And what drove you to this? Well, um, I was very blessed that um, they were looking for somebody that um, had the, the skill set that I have in terms of a professional outlet, but I've had animals my whole life. I grew up on a small farm. I've had rescue animals. Uh, I've had pug rescues. I've had... Uh, big square-headed dog rescues, and now I've got my beautiful lab from Peggy Adams. Um, it's my passion, and I believe so strongly um, in, in the mission here. So when the opportunity came to uh, move over to Peggy Adams professionally, I was uh, beyond blessed. Well, you really do a wonderful job, and I, I just love the facility, and I can't say enough about it. And I will repeat, if you have... Time. 
you love animals and you want to volunteer, please do check out Peggy Adams Animal Rescue League. And if you have an open heart and you want to help, give a home to a lonely animal and enrich your life. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending this time with us explaining this wonderful program and all that you do to enrich this beautiful county we live in, Palm Beach County. Thank you so much, Kim. Well, it was my pleasure, Myra. Thank you for the opportunity to tell our story, and, and we would welcome visitors anytime. And just remember, up until the 21st, it's fee-waived adoptions here. Yes, till the 21st, fee-waived adoptions. It doesn't get better than that. That's right. <laughs> and out there in cyberspace, thank you for listening. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash Never Say Impossible Radio. Remember to like the page when you visit. You can also find this listed as, these are capital letters, N-S-I-N-D-O-O-D Radio on Stitcher.com, TalkShoe.com, TuneIn.com, iTunes, and my website, of course, in the show archives, Myra Goldick. Dot com, M-Y-R-A-G-O-L-D-I-C-K. And until next time, never say impossible. Through the miracle of Internet Radio, the Never Say Impossible show offers a unique opportunity for the sharing of information and a unique opportunity to tell the world your story about your accomplishments, your passions, your products, and how you can be contacted. The show is designed to introduce you to new people who will inspire, motivate, and inform you of innovative ways to breathe new life into your goals and dreams. At NSI, anything is possible until you say it's not. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.